Let the record show that trustee Tom Weedman is here, trustee Tom James, and trustee Jim LeBoyber are all here. Uh, first on the agenda, the approval of the minutes for February the 18th, 2020. Uh, a motion, motion to approve. Okay, second. Second. Any discussion? Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, the um, next item on agenda is uh, Lieutenant Tory Smith. Tory, you're up. Good morning, board. Uh, I don't have anything to report this morning unless anyone has any questions or issues they'd like to discuss. Anything? Okay, Thanks, Chief, sir. you're up. Chief Penning. We had a response from a, a medical director out of University of Cincinnati, uh, Jason McMullen. <clears throat> He's part of the um, medical director team that runs out of UC, and we've got a, uh, a quote for $15,000 from him, which medical directors usually run between fifteen and 22000 So we, we did kind of get him on the low end. And um, the reason we were going to try to go with this group is if he's not available he'll send somebody else from the group so we'll always get be tentative to having somebody versus in the past we've always went with a single doctor and if they get busy then we have to go chasing them down or we don't get anything out of them even though we're still paying for them so uh, talking to a lot of the fire chiefs in the area they, they highly recommended this group because they get good service out of them they get good training out of them and uh, it, you pretty much get your money's worth versus a doctor that gets so busy you can't have, make time for you. So um, at this point, if, we, if I could get your approval to per, uh, proceed on with this, then I'll uh, notify him to get a contract together. We'll send the contract to the law director, and then uh, you can vote on, uh, do a resolution on him after we get the contract done up and everything yeah, hey chief what, what are we what are we getting for fifteen thousand what, what we well we have to operate under a medical director's license a doctor's license because of our narcotics um besides that with the academy of medicine requires that the medical director does qas on all of on on ten percent of our runs they they want to qa any uh runs that involves pediatrics any runs that require uh, a death, they have to they have to uh, QA. Any runs where we have repeatedly gone back to the same patient more than once, so we we have to we have to maintain a medical director for narcotics and to run under the Academy of Medicine's. Uh, that's a statutory obligation. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's def definitely. Uh, and then and then besides that. Um, the um, any of our DEA drugs that we use on um, basically the narcotics sedatives and that sort of thing uh, that we get through the DA the medical director has to sign off for to get a drug through the DEA so uh, we can't just go get it ourselves okay so it, it, it's it's one of these in the medical field the upper the upper person that's got the medical degree that we have to operate under so we're, we we have no choice but to have one if right. we if we want to become if we want to stay as paramedics. Okay, I move we proceed with the plan as outlined by Chief Penny to uh, move ahead with the UC uh, medical director service. I'll second that. That's all I have. 
Okay. Thank you. Don't you have the uh, the capital blanket? Uh, yeah. PO. Uh, we got to set got to settle the motion. Any discussion? You want to vote? Yeah, we're f I'm fine. We're fine. <laughs> Mr. Fine. James, aye. Mr. Weedman, aye. Mr. Labarbera, aye. And then the other the the other thing is the uh, to uh, the recommend that uh, need a blanket PO signed for our capital expense, which we've always done. And basically, we use this PO for anything that comes up in as an emergency that's outside the realm of our my normal budget. I've always had one in the past that just didn't get initiated. Yep. Did you, do we need a resolution on that or just a motion to approve? I think we just do motion. I'll make a motion to approve the uh, blanket blanket uh, um, for eighty-eight thousand. This is $88,000, correct? Yeah. Yep. I'll second that. Do we always, is it always that amount of money, 88000 <laughs> No. It's not, it, it, was, it had been more. <laughs> this is probably the lowest it's been. Okay. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Chief, you all done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay, Tracy Cullums? I, I have a few questions. Sorry. You know I always have questions. <laughs> it's, it's like Columbo. It's like Columbo. <laughs> um, Chief Penny, good morning. Just a, a few questions. We're all seeing in the news about the COVID-19 coronavirus and emergency preparedness. I, I've seen in the news that in Seattle and in the Washington State area where they've been especially hardly hit, uh, one of the groups that's been hit have been the first responders from the fire department who are under quarantine. There are talks of equipment shortages too. And I, I know there's a lot of frightening stuff in the media, which is overblown. But mm -hmm. first of all, do you have all the equipment you need to move ahead with masks or anything like we that do. to the extent they're we, useful? We have the N2 mask uh, on the units. The rest of the stuff is uh, um, is, is basically your, your anti the uh, bacterial sprays and, and gels now we we have plenty of that I the the worst problem with that kind of a um, disease that is out there is, is to recognize it I mean it, it, it mimics the flu it mimics colds it, it mimics a lot of things and because they don't have a way to test it right now we don't we don't have any way of really identifying it um, you can walk in on it and not know it. So, and I'm sure the first responders out there were probably in the same, they were probably in the same situation where uh, all of a sudden you're, you're treating somebody that's got the sniffles and boom, mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you just contracted it, you know? So it, it, it's very hard to recognize it. But um, with our guys, we basically just, if, if there's any doubt, suit up. You know, put the stuff on, try to be prepared, and then just wash yourself down, wash your hands, do your um, antibacterial stuff, and, and just make all the precautions you can. But, but we do have the th everything on the units okay. to, to do that. If we, It's not to say that somebody's not going to get, you know, can, can't get connected to it, but mm -hmm. hopefully, I mean, we, we, the precautions are there. Okay, so are you confident we have whatever plans we need in place, and you've got what you need? It, as as it stands right now, until they come, unless they come out with something different mm -hmm. or something that says this is what you have to have, and and depending on how scarce it is, if we can get it or we don't already have it, and we have to get it, the situation can change. But as of as of the way they're treating it right now, yeah, we're we're okay. Great. And, Thank and you. Chief, on at our Thursday night meeting, you're going to do a small presentation yeah. on. Uh, readiness for this and things in general. Yeah. 
Great. Hmm. Uh, that's the only question I had. Thank you. Okay. We'll turn over to Tracy Collins. Good morning, board. The first thing I have is I uh, just wanted to report that uh, the Jump and Jive show band has been scheduled for June 27th from 5 to 7 p.m. at Bechtold Park at the uh, shelter. Uh, this is something we've been we've done for quite a few years in a row. Seems to be enjoyed by a lot of people. Tracy, we're paying what five hundred for them. Five hundred. Now, do they? How do they get the electricity? Is there a place to plug in there? Yes, there is. Is there a place to plug in if we had them at say McDaniel Park? Is there a place to plug in out there? You know, offhand. Uh, we could. Yeah. We, I mean, could, we get, could get them something. We can get them. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Is that already budgeted, or do we need a motion to it's approve that? Budgeted. Okay. Yes. Great. <clears throat> Next, have a uh, blanket PO in the amount of $22,000. This is for temporary easements for our Kugler Mill Road project, uh, for our sidewalk project. So this will be shared with the county. Any of the easements that are required for the widening portion of the, the project will be uh, from the county. And that's $8,400 of this to be for the storm sewers and sidewalks. Now these are only temporary easements uh, that are needed for construction. I will have a, another PO. It looks like it's going to be about thirty-five thousand for permanent easements uh, that will be coming to you. Uh, but this is uh, we need this uh, this one now to get started. We have somebody out there negotiating temporary easements right now. A motion to approve a blanket for twenty-two thousand for for Kugler Mill temporary easements. Second. Second. No. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. Question real quick. What is the timetable for the project on Kugler Mill now? I had some residents asking me about it. So we're looking to bid uh, probably later this year. Originally we were scheduled to bid in June, but the easements have been, uh, this work for the easements has been pushed back a little because the establishment hearing with the county got continued a couple times and pushed us back. So we're looking at bidding sometime uh, in the fall fall to early winter uh, so they can start utility work there will be no real road construction or anything till next year okay Thanks. Uh, is there gonna be a problem because um, the uh, Davis Kubicki site uh, on Kugler Mill the development going on there will there be a problem with that going on at the same time <clears throat> as the road um, shouldn't be they're gonna they access, be. they're gonna access the other side I mean, they're gonna access off of Galbraith aren't they well, they've been accessing. I mean, they're off just of doing demo. Only demo. Mill. Only demo. No access. Then. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Tom. <coughs> okay. Next, I'd like to ask you for a motion to advertise. This would be for our curb replacement program this year, uh, looking to replace curbs on uh, two main roads that we have: Marlette up north and Mayberry <coughs> in the south that would complete a curb replacement in both of those subdivisions. Motion to uh, uh, to advertise for a 2020 curb replacement program. Second. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. <clears throat> then I have the uh, RFP submittal <coughs> from Kenwood Montgomery Road Traffic Study. I believe you've all received a copy of this. Uh, this is uh, the one that we put out. 
that uh, TEC rated the highest for. He asked me to get a proposal from them. Uh, if you've looked through it, there's quite a f lot contained in this field, data collection, uh, development, trip generation analysis, also uh, capacity analysis reports, uh, filling out a grant. They will put a grant application together for us also uh, for any work that would be decided that needed to be done. Uh, the fee for this is $27,840. My thought is to hold up on this and see what kind of a response we get from um, prospective developers on that site. And I think we have two so far. Is that right, Mr. Work? Yeah. Two at least, yeah. I think we should, um, we should move forward on this. Um, we don't want a developer's we don't want a developer's uh, engineer to be dictating to us what is right and what is wrong. We would we, we I think we should much prefer to have our own engineer telling us, giving us the facts versus uh, as as you probably know from developments, um, developers will bring in a, uh, a, a civil engineer and tell you tell tell you whatever they want to hear. And so I think we should have a much more objective uh, view of this uh, of this uh, traffic situation, considering the fact that this is this is the goes through uh, the, the main part of our uh, business district. So I would much prefer to, for us to go out and do this, um, apply for the grant. Hopefully, we'll get a grant on it as well, and have this have have them reporting to us versus reporting to the developer. What portion of the fee would the grant cover, Tracy? Do you the grant will not cover a portion of the fee. The grant would be to complete any improvements okay. that the study said needed to be done. Okay. So, so we're on the hook for the 27. All right. And it's the access management standards. <clears throat> In no, no resolution can we find anything about access management? And in no minutes of any meeting could we find anything with access management? So, again, I think we put this I, on I hold. Th I think it was discussed each time we uh, acquired property there, A. Uh, when you use tax increment financing funds, you must use, you can only use those funds for a specific purpose that is dictated by the, t the TIF agreement. In this case, when we acquire, when we use tax increment finance funds, and we acquired that property, we acquired it specifically for the purposes of access management. We can't go out and buy it because we want to put a carnival on there three times a year. We can't go out there and, and buy it for a whole host of reasons. But we can. There are certain things that are dictated by the tax increment financing service agreement that allow us to 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 use that money for those purposes. In this case, we couldn't, so we could, we had to have a purpose for it, and that is the purpose. That's always been the purpose. Not only that, we all know that our biggest problem with traffic flow is Montgomery and Kenwood Road. Why would we not want to study this to try to figure out how we can better that intersection? It, 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 I, I can't, I cannot understand why there could be any opposition to this, to this study. I have to say, looking back at the, the records and lack of records as to what was happening as to access management, Mr. Weedman, as, as you've said, it may well be it was all for access management and discussed in the meetings, but I, I'll point out again that this body speaks 
through its minutes and its motions and its resolutions, and none of them actually document access management. Uh, so it, it, could you walk us through the history of some of that? For example, the Taco Bell site, which everyone likes to talk about. What's the history of how we ended up acquiring that? What was the specific purpose for that one in isolation to the others? And how did we go about negotiating it? I think when we purchased the, uh, the apartments, um, one of the things that we, th at the time, and there is a traffic study that was done by um, Brent Stetter Carroll, I believe, that actually showed an access road that ran through there. Um, today, that probably is not applicable because of the dynamic change in, in Kenwood. However, um, there was a road that ran through there, and it prob uh, I'm not positive, but I believe it ran through the Pep Boys and probably through the, um, um, through the Taco Bell site as well to get access to the St. Vincent Ferrer light. Um, we had an agreement uh, when Redstone 1 was built that we would be able to get access to that light. Um, the we always anticipated we always anticipated that there would be some development on that property with the residuals so you have to create access management for the anticipated development on that property if you don't then you won't have any traffic flow at all so consequently yeah that was for access management to to in, in not only for Montgomery and Kenwood, but also in anticipation of further development of the property of which we own, the residual which we would not use for access management. Mm -hmm. So, which which it's kind of common sense. Mm -hmm. The Brent Setter Carroll traffic study. Do, do we have access to that in the township record somewhere? Ray, have you come across that? I haven't seen it. But I haven't looked for it. Okay, Tracy, do we know where that is? We can. It's here. It's I've here. I've seen it. Okay. I can find it. I, I'm curious. There was a, a meeting in the fall where a, well, a woman came in, or last summer possibly, and pulled out something that she had marked master plan on, which uh, Mr. Bickford at the time said she had marked that on there. Is that the study? or I believe that is. Okay. I, 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 I'm not positive, but uh, I believe sure. that is. Right. Okay. I, I would like to see that, actually, and some of the history of this before I'm prepared to move ahead. I, I think we do need a traffic study there. I'd prefer to be in control of it, too, as you noted, rather than having a developer do it. Um, but I'd, I'd like to spend a little time considering that before we actually move ahead with this. Are we looking at a, a, a deadline as to the proposal that TEC has put to us, Tracy? No, I don't. There would be no deadline. They, they would be fine. There, there's 60 days in here that they would review yep. it, but uh, that would be after. We can always get an extension on that. Okay. I'd, I'd like to take a look at those things possibly by this Thursday evening. I'd be ready to make a decision, but I'm not certain. I'd like to look at those things. We've waited a decade, so. Did we have a motion? Or There's I don't think we, we did yet. We don't, we don't have one. a motion. Okay. We don't need one. <laughs> Tracy, anything else? No, sir. That's all I have. Okay. Up uh, the law director. Uh, hold, Deepak, hold on. Decide. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> like Columbo. This is okay. <laughs> I, a few questions that had come up in prior meetings I wanted to follow up on with you, Tracy. Um, a, a resident had asked about a, a sidewalk on Gulberth Road in front of the hospital parking deck there, a Jewish hospital, you might recall, for access from Frolic over. Were you able to look into that yet? You had 
said you would no, be doing. I talked to the county engineer about it. We have not met on it yet or actually took a good look at that. Okay. I can, I can get that done this week. Okay. I, I, I had the thought that the hospital, perhaps in the interest of building goodwill in the community, might be willing to work with us on that as well. It might be useful for them as well to access to their campus. Perhaps we could work something out with them as to the land and covering the cost of the sidewalk. Okay. Um, something to explore there. All right. Um, also in a prior meeting, I think I had asked about whether there was a current rental agreement for use of the ball fields by Moeller, and we understood there wasn't a current one, and either Mr. Desai or you were going to look into that. Do we have any update on that? There was not an agreement. There was just uh, dates that they had submitted. There's no written out agreement. Though. I mean, like anybody else that rents it. Well, they had a contract years ago, yes, and I understood there they were. No contract now. Okay. Uh, should there be, if they're regularly using it, to make sure we understand who's liable for what if something happens and someone's injured? Uh, yeah, Mr. James. So um, I've been working with Fran Barrett, who is uh, handling uh, a zoning matter for Mahler, and uh, he went to, I um, hope I'm pronouncing it right, Mr. Hisdu. And, Heisdu. Uh, Heisdu, sorry. Mr. Heisdu, and uh, received permission to represent Mahler in, in getting that contract together. So. We should have something to present the board in the near future. I'd anticipate no later than the second workshop meeting this month. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, let me see. I, I <coughs> saw in Silverton's weekly email newsletter that they send out to their residents and interested parties that they're starting planning for the Memorial Day parade that we participate in as well. Have we started any planning for that yet, or is there anything we need to be doing yet for that, Tracy? Uh, there's really nothing. We don't really plan for that. Uh, we're just asked to participate in it. I believe Chief and, uh, is in it with Camp. Yeah, with, with Tom Camp. Tom Camp is the one that organizes that. We, we are currently, I've talked to Tom, we're currently looking at it about accessing uh, Bechtel Park off of the Plainfield Road entrance instead of the Sycamore Road entrance because of construction. Mm -hmm. So we're in the process. Okay. Uh, and we don't have this on the agenda right now. I'm thinking maybe it's coming up Thursday. Can, can you or Mr. Warwick just give the public an update as to the Parks Advisory Committee and where we are with choosing people for that? Yeah, well, we have uh, we, we have not received any more uh, resumes than we had at our last meeting. There is going to be an article in the newsletter like you asked for, so we have not really proceeded with interviews or anything because we were going to wait until the newsletter went out and we saw what kind of reception we got from that. Okay, and just to clarify, we're not actually requiring resumes, of course. We're no, requiring submissions, submissions of some kind of, of interest. Um, we, we set up a, a plan that Mr. Warwick had drafted that I think we approved in our last meeting, which has six members on the board. I don't know that we're, we're uh, setting that as a hard and fast rule either, but that's the plan at least currently for it. I, I would like to see us moving ahead. It would be great to get more applications from the newsletter, uh, and that's going out soon, but we also need to get moving ahead with this. So, if you have two things. Uh, Schuler, I, I requested... Uh, the 2019 all the all the bookings for the baseball field and uh Mueller wasn't included in any of those and then but i got all the other fields and saw what was going on and i also asked for Schuler for the uh hall we have at Schuler, and there is no documentation of anybody reserving that and apparently mike McEwen 
our past uh, Parks Rec director had that, but nobody can find that. So if we can find that, I'd just like to see that. For the 2019? For last year, for yeah, year. just for last year to see who who booked that room. And and the ball field and the Molar site, obviously. And there, I see we have tournaments there. And it's, you know, it's, it's a prime, it's the prime baseball field around. Mm, yes, no question is. about that. You guys do a great job there. Uh, I had asked J- Jason in the last workshop to have his six recommendations. That was unfair for for him to to come up with six to give us today. Uh, I think we should look at the board should look at all the you know have him interview people, have him interview the people uh, at his at his discretion. Each one though to talk to him, and I think we should move forward quickly on this and not wait to see necessarily the response from the newsletter, the spring newsletter, because that's going to be going out. It'll hit people. Am I right, Beth? Uh, middle of March. We're talking the end of March. Could even be into early April with people. End of March. So so this is something we want to get started on anyway because to, to get some ideas. That, uh, and Jason has some great ideas, I understand. So I think maybe we should move forward with at least heading in that direction, do the interviews, and um, we can always add on to the park board or go with four people rather than six or whatever. Okay, that's all I have. I, I, I have a concern about something you just mentioned, though. Are, are you saying we don't have records of who has been renting the fields previously other than, than Moeller and who's been renting the Schuler Room, or uh, those records we have, have no, disappeared? No or? records at all for Schuler Room. No records at all. Were we keeping records of that? Tracy, I'm sure there know. are records somewhere because yeah. you had to block out times or right. three people would be using the thing at the same yeah. time. So there are definitely, there's somebody's got a calendar here. Maybe ask Sharon. Uh, I think, was Sharon doing that before? Okay. Mike, was. Mike was. Mike was. Okay. Would so they, I... They yeah, okay. Okay. I just want to make sure our records are intact and complete in case someone asks for them. So, all right. Thank you. So we'll follow up on that and, and see if we can find... Find those records, is that right? Yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, we have a question. You want to jump up to the microphone real quick? Is that on, Skyler? Uh, actually, if you don't mind, sir, hold down that button until, until the green light comes on. I would say yes. That was requested by Mr. James at our last meeting that we would put that in there. And and I will add, I think it's a good idea to put it in there, whether we choose the members before then or not, because it's a a fluid body that would change over time. If there are other people with interest in it, I certainly want to know about it. There may be people to add and people with great ideas about activities for the community. I know you're one of the people who has expressed an interest in being on this and who has applied for it. Mr. Janus is another. Oh, you have not. The reason I kept bringing that up is because the Parks Committee was not meeting in 2019. 
which is an insult to me, the taxpayer. So I said, sure, no one else is going to do it. I'll put forth my time. We have people that are willing to do it. I just want to be clear, especially for uh, Jason and some others that have asked. I, I have a lot to do. I do want to serve on a finance and audit committee because I think that's extremely important if this body is willing to commence with something like that. So that's where I'm saving my gunpowder for. So thank you. Thank you. So that was a Sherman-esque, if asked to, ask to serve on the Parks Committee, I shall not. <laughs> All right. Tracy, you got anything else? No, sir. Okay. Deepak Desai, our lawyer. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I have uh, in front of you a resolution for the Board's consideration regarding the Heitmeyer subdivision. Uh, it's a resolution approving a landscaping maintenance agreement with Heitmeyer Farm Civic Association for the property that makes up the Kenwood Road entrance to Heitmeyer Farm subdivision and dispensing with the second reading. Motion. And second. Now, it, just for the record and everyone's information, the parcels of land we're talking about here are actually owned by the township, correct? That is correct. And this agreement would have Heitmeyer taking care of those with us mowing it. Is that yes, correct? Yes, yeah, there's a division of duties, but that's a good way to put it. Okay. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. Desai? Um, I think that's all I have for the moment. Yeah, the resolution for the IT. Yes, oh, I have. Sorry, I oh, thought, I'm sorry. I thought I'm the sorry. administrator that's, was going to talk. Yeah, about that. let me introduce your, it. And then Ray, our administrator Ray Ward. Yeah, I have it before you the resolution to uh, enter into the service contract with uh, Bellacor, uh, the firm that we've had for eight years. If you recall, we got permission from you um, a few weeks ago to purchase the hardware to convert over so we could uh, upgrade our system to run uh, proper Windows 10 software and also enhance the backup. And, uh, and we have uh, worked out an agreement with uh, Velicor, uh, our provider, um, for a a contract that will be $6,746.50 a month. That is an increase from around uh, $5,900 that we are currently spending. It has additional things to it, the enhanced backup capability, and the biggest thing is licenses for Office 365, which will move us uh, uh, to a more of a cloud-based email server and uh, we'll eliminate the uh, server that we have to have on site for email, which is the uh, direction most folks are going in. Um, we have uh, hammered out um, language on the contract to make sure that we were better protected. Uh, it has been reviewed by Mr. Desai, and uh, they agreed to all of our language changes. And uh, so we have a, a resolution before you. Um, that I'd like to ask for approval for. Any other questions? I will note I've looked through the contract as well. It looks fine to me from a legal perspective and a technology perspective. 
So I, I would move that we approve the resolution authorizing the contract with Velocor Services for IT services. And, and I'll I second think, that. I think he's yeah, uh, I've got, got a, a resolution. I have a resolution for it. So yes, that's uh, what I just moved to approve. Okay. Okay. Oh, he hasn't read it yet. Yeah. Thank you. Are there any Are there any other questions? For, are you uh, going to read this for <coughs> Mr. Uh, Ward? All right, so for the board's consideration, I've got a resolution authorizing a contract with Velocor Services for IT services and dispensing with the second reading. Motion. Second. Mr. James? Well, Aye. I have a discussion. Oh. I have a discussion. I'm, just, oh, right. I'm, just, I'm still amazed at the, the, the IT that we, we heard a long um, praise of our previous administrator who saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, because he also served as, as, as our IT expert and saved us thousands of dollars and allowed us to be put in this position where we're looking at Windows 7 when every, the whole world knew that we were going to be in trouble to go to Windows 10. That's the only thing I'm commenting on and just it was pure negligence that put us in this position. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. <coughs> That's all I have. Okay. Planning and zoning items, Mr. Schuyler Miller. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, we actually first have a, uh, a series of resolutions that are actually all tied together. Uh, they are for uh, 11500 North Lake Drive. Uh, this is... Um, uh, this is our first PACE project, I believe, in, in, in quite some time. Uh, the, the property owners uh, are uh, planning on doing some uh, green improvements to their building, including uh, upgrades for LED lighting, as well as uh, HVAC improvements. I believe it's at $1.3 million in, uh, in total improvements uh, that's going to be financed through um, uh, the, the PACE mechanism. Uh, the uh, the suburban communities ESID met last Friday to review the application uh, and make their recommendation for approval um, uh, of the of the financing. So uh, this is the the, the trustees uh, you know uh, component to this process. Uh, there is no obligation um, being taken on by the uh, by the trustees or the township. Um, at this time, uh, it's simply again, it's a it's a pass through mechanism. Uh, we have Chris Jones from Bricker and Eckler here as our PACE consultant, uh, who can answer any any specific questions. I don't have any questions. So there's 40 semi-annual installments. Is that what that break, break that, that breaks down to with the 57,000? I believe it's two payments. It 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 the semi semi-annual. Oh, you said yeah. semi. Okay, I'm sorry. From 2021 to 2040. Yes, sir. Okay, so that's what that is. Okay. Yes, sir. So, and the the assessment essentially goes right on the tax bill and and is paid as part of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mr. Fortin had a question. Did you have a question? Yeah. State. Uh, an intro to the PACE program for residents that I've never heard of it, but I'm we, we actually covered this on the residential side in our last meeting, I think. But, Mr. Jones, would you mind giving a quick overview of it? Yeah, it's it on is. the video. You can check the video. Okay, I'll do that. I apologize. Okay, he, 
You don't well, need to do that. Well, I, actually, since he's here and since we had some audio difficulties last time, maybe it would be okay. helpful if he does that, just so we, we have a record of this. Just an overview? Both the commercial and the residential. If you don't mind. Yeah, sure. 30-second version. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, with regards to uh, PACE financing, it's uh, simply special assessment financing. Now, traditionally, special assessment financing has been for public entities to finance things like sidewalk improvements or uh, downtown business districts as examples where you have, you know, in a lot of cases, dozens if not hundreds of actual property owners uh, paying in for whatever that said improvement is. But uh, uh, roughly uh, over a decade ago, there were uh, uh, local governments around the uh, country saying, well, why couldn't we allow an individual property owner to request a special assessment for energy efficiency or renewable energy? related improvements and then you know they can pay with a special assessment that just affects that one property owner from a voluntary perspective and so uh so the pace uh, assessment does work uh uh in its most elementary form for a commercial property owner like this but uh recently uh we did uh, approve a uh, residential single family residential uh pace uh, assessment plan that's going to be active uh, in the state, uh, the statewide plan that we've signed on to, but basically that's going to be active in uh, the first of April, and it works uh, again the same way from the standpoint of the homeowner in repaying that loan through the special assessment that just simply put on the existing tax bill that you have. Uh, I, I would say advantages. Just kind of last comment, you know. So people say, well, why would you use you know pace? for the commercial property owner and i always like to use uh, kids first uh, sports center was the first one that used it here in the township uh, about three years ago is that uh, uh, uh you know the owner there mr metzger uh, said that you know having to use pace uh, essentially preserved his credit lines with the traditional banks so he could do other things such as build a second facility you know on, on the grounds and that's generally been the uh, most common uh, kind of reason. The other one is that also because of the pace assessment sets on the property tax bill in that special assessment category, it also gives office building owners who have triple net lease tenants. It kind of solves the split dilemma where the office building owner, and maybe in this case for Northlake, but it gives the office building owner some flexibility to pass through some of that special assessment because the triple net tenant is the one that's actually paying the utility bill, so they're going to see the energy savings, whereas the building owner is actually, you know, realizing the cost on, on it. And so, uh, so that's generally kind of the second, you know, primary reason. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll stop there. And Chris, the underlying funding for all of this that comes from the Toledo Port Authority, is it? Well, so on a single family uh, residential, uh, it's actually uh, bonded through the Toledo Port Authority as far as the capital. On the commercial projects, it's actual individual pace lenders. So we have, you know, roughly, uh, you know, 10 to 15 that are out there in the market now across the country that, uh, that we do work with. Uh, this particular one is uh, uh, Greenworks Lending, which is one of the more common pace lenders uh, that are out there, obviously, you know, very, uh, very reputable. But it is private capital. Uh, as was uh, Skylar kind of mentioned earlier, really to the local governments who are authorizing this voluntary request by the property owner, if you know for some reason there was a default or a foreclosure, the township is not uh, you know responsible for paying that. The only thing that is you know actually in the legal documents that the township's responsible for is when the you know county you know auditor you know sends the uh, special assessment payments to the township. It's their obligation then to forward those to the pace lender. So is there administrative responsibility to the township for these? 
So, uh, so it's kind of a two-part uh, is uh, one, there is an energy special improvement district that is created and uh, there is an administrator for that special improvement uh, district uh, for the uh, uh, for, for this current, and uh, as Skylar had said earlier, uh, we call it the Suburban Communities Energy Special Improvement District. Sycamore Township was the one who founded it, but others, uh, this Ohio State uh, Energy uh, Pace Law allows for adjoining, uh, physically adjoining local governments to join into that special improvement district. So, you know, at this time, uh, you know, Blue Ash and Sims Township and Sharonville and Deer Park. Uh, amongst others uh, are part of that energy special improvement district thank you thanks I have a resolution for the board's consideration uh, it's a resolution approving a petition for special assessments for special energy improvement projects and a plan for public improvements and declaring an emergency motion second mr. Weedman aye Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. It's a resolution <coughs> deter, uh, determining to proceed with the acquisition, construction, and improvement of certain public improvements in the township of Sycamore, Hamilton County, Ohio, in cooperation with the Suburban Communities Energy Special Improvement District and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. It's a resolution approving the necessity of acquiring, constructing, and improving certain public improvements in the township of Sycamore, Hamilton County, Ohio, in cooperation with the Suburban Communities Energy Special Improvement District, and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. It's a resolution levying special assessments for the purpose of acquiring, constructing, and improving certain public improvements in the township of Sycamore, Hampton County, Ohio, in cooperation with the Suburban Communities Energy Special Improvement District and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. It's a resolution authorizing and improving an energy project cooperative agreement buying among the township of Sycamore, Hamilton <coughs> County, Ohio, the Suburban Communities Energy Special Improvement District, Inc., SGRT Northlake LLC, and Greenworks Lending LLC, providing for the financing of a special energy improvement project in Sycamore Township, 
authorizing and approving a special assessment agreement by and between Sycamore Township, the County Treasurer of Hamilton County, Ohio, SGRT North Lake LLC, the Suburban Communities Energy Special Improvement District, Inc., and Greenworks Lending LLC, sorry, LLC, and declaring an emergency. Motion. Second. Mr. Weedman. Aye. Mr. James. Aye. Mr. LaBarbera. Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. Um, I think would you like to have a discussion? I, I think uh, Skyler needs to present a few items before we do that. Yes, sir. <clears throat> okay. Um, there's been an identified need in uh, in the township to to adopt uh, a policy that uh, that may in some way regulate. Uh, uh, a new emerging technology um, and that would be the uh, the 5g small uh, small cell tower small uh, poles that uh, that we're seeing in, uh, being rolled out in, in some communities um, uh, as I said this is an emerging technology uh, I think the, uh, uh, the federal law state law is is somewhat still in flux right now there's been some things rolled out but there may be more to come um, at the local level, though, uh, it, it's currently um, uh, an area where we have we have no regulation because there's nothing on the books. So um, the policy that is in front of you uh, for approval is uh, kind of a collaborative effort with uh, uh, myself, Mr. Kellums, um, and his department staff to, to try and get at least a, a version one uh, on the books so that... Uh, uh, we do anticipate uh, receiving applications uh, sometime this year, uh, possibly in the very near future. Um, so if, if we don't have anything on the books when we receive an application for um, uh, the installation of cell towers, there, there's really nothing we can do to, to um, not necessarily stop, but, but at least you know, uh, direct um, uh, how, these, uh, how this technology is implemented within uh, Sycamore Township. So. Um, 5G is is going to be the you know the new wave. Uh, we're all going to want access to it. You know we're all going to upgrade our cell phones. Uh, so I, I don't think the there's you know um, you know the spirit and intent of this of this document is not to to stop it from coming into uh, our community. It's simply to make sure that it has um, you know as few negative impacts in, in the area as possible. Um, some things that we've noticed um, you know there was. Some horror stories, uh, I guess we could say, coming out of uh, areas like Miami, uh, Florida. Uh, you know, in, in ahead of the, uh, the the Super Bowl, there was uh, this this big push to, to implement 5G uh, through throughout the area. Um, it, it was uh, it, it, it was poorly implemented in the sense that uh, when when the construction companies left. Uh, they they kind of left a, a wake of you know post construction destruction uh, in their uh, um, in their wake. So uh, what we would like to see is um, as few uh, new uh, uh, poles in our right of way as possible. Uh, we'd like them to match aesthetically 
um, our, uh, our mast arms, our street light uh, poles as much as possible. Uh, and then uh, a big component of the language that, that we incorporated uh, that we hadn't seen in other areas is restoration requirements. So uh, if somebody's going to be breaking ground in the right of way, they need to uh, repair that, restore it to uh, the, the, the pre-construction condition. So um, this is very much, uh, again, it's something that we're still learning on the fly. Uh, we are uh, pulling from several other communities and trying to put together uh, you know, a fairly comprehen comprehensive uh, policy. Uh, we're borrowing quite a bit from Anderson Township. Uh, there was also some really good language um, out of state from, from Naples, Florida. Uh, they adopted some, some language um, you know, uh, in light of what they saw in Miami. Uh, so, so we pulled from that. And then the, uh, the restoration sec section is, is very much uh, you know, coming, coming from our office. So Tracy, do you have anything to add on the policy? Uh, not on policy. Okay. The one thing that we're really looking at is the range of these poles are only about a thousand feet and uh, when they met with us they're also talking about each pole only having one user so you know you could end up with a picket fence of poles if AT&T comes in once once Sprint comes in once one Verizon comes one and once one and there are only a thousand foot uh, I know Green Township just received an application for over 60 poles in one subdivision so it's really important to uh, get some limits on what, you know, we've spent a lot of money here, uh, especially in the Kenwood Business District, putting utilities <coughs> underground and uh, putting up nice street lights and poles, and we don't want them just putting in whatever they want. So it's really unfortunate because the, the small cell sites can actually, um, if implemented correctly, can blend into the environment. Uh, they, can be, they can be placed on buildings, um, and, and essentially camouflaged. <coughs> um, the problem with that is with initial rollout, the, you know, the carriers want to um, you know, get coverage in areas as quickly as possible with, with uh, you know, um, the, I guess, the path of least resistance. So what are they doing? They're, they're coming to one or two entities, the township and the counties, and they're running them right down the right of way instead of going to individual property owners and you know, doing a, a, a more strategic placement. Um, so, again, I, I think this is going to be a, a first line of defense. Um, this may get tested in other communities. We may need to come back to this. Um, again, I want to stress this is very much a, a version one, and we will stay on top of um, you know current happenings in this you know in this tech technology environment. And uh, so I expect we'll come back with uh, to the board with updates on this. This is a great. This is this is great. I mean, putting this together in anticipation, knowing that we we're going to get an application in the short in short order, we definitely got to have something on the book. So you guys did a great job putting this together, and I think this is you know as we as we move along and we have other hurdles, we'll, we can continue to tweak this as we go. Yes, sir. Thank yeah, you. I'll echo uh, what Tom said. The fee you have a fee of fifteen hundred dollars plus a hundred dollars per poll. Uh, is that collectible it, realistically I mean and it's good we have it in here I had a question about that and then a um, so question for mr. Desai. <laughs> in part that is a question for mr. Desai. I, I will say that is in other uh, 
policies that, uh, that we looked at before drafting ours. I, I and I'll also say that that's not even the uh, um, uh, the the largest fees. There there is going to be a review element uh, when these applications come in. It's going to take you know, sure. significant uh, staff time uh, because they're working in our right away. Uh, there's going to be uh, inspection requirements uh, that our staff are going to be uh, you know tasked to perform. Uh, also, by adding the uh, the component where the, the fee goes up per pole, it, I'm I'm sure it's a drop in the bucket for you know for a big carrier, but maybe it's uh, it's some sort of reasonable deterrent to to limit the the number of poles, you know, in in a project. I suspect so. that fifteen hundred dollars plus a hundred dollars a pole is pretty insignificant to these guys, considering they're using our right away and they're. Uh, and they don't have to go negotiate with a private uh, property owner. Absolutely, and, and again, there there is going to be some significant staff time uh, first on plan review, and then and then follow up. So, uh, the building uh, department I don't know. We'd have to look at we'd have to look and, and see what what county's doing. Uh, and we have actually had some preliminary discussions with um, uh, representatives from the county. Uh, they don't have anything on the books right now either, so they're interested in our policy, and um, you know possibly adopting it or adapting it, um, you know for their purposes. I was looking at the um, within a hundred feet of uh, existing overhead uh, utility lines, and we have so many that are underground. Mm -hmm. So, do we say okay, hundred feet of this underground? Do we do that? Do you equate that? To so I, I'm told in practice, at least when. Uh, when the utilities are underground, they go underground. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of fiber that's been, you know that has to be ran um, you know, to to connect the, this new network. Um, but we tried to put in uh, limitations on on how far they could encroach into uh, into those areas with with aerial connections. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We. Um Last year, we approved, you guys approved a, um, a fee schedule. Remember that, that we did? That, yes. That, and I have to look at that just to not to throw a red flag up, but I remember there was something in there about cell towers. And I, I think there was. I, yeah. I, and we should look at that. I'll look at that and make sure it's not conflicting with what we're trying to do here or if it's because of something different. It might. I know it was under the fire inspection part of it, which we usually coordinated with the building department on their fees. So we'll have to look and make sure there's not a conflict somewhere because we already have a resolution on cell tower charges, mm -hmm. but, but I don't know what it's sure. for, but we'll have to and, look at it. And while there may be some, some definition overlap between a cell tower and a, and a, and a small cell site, um, they're, they're being treated um, um, quite different in practice. So that, that is something we can look into. <coughs> Did you have other comments? I, I, I had a few. I, I understand from uh, attending the county engineer's dinner last week, which uh, Mr. Widman spoke at, and uh, many local officials were there, that Verizon is making a, a sudden push to get their network deployed locally, and that's what's lent some urgency to some of this. I will also say it concerns me, though, on the other hand, to put out any design guidelines suddenly and without warning, without a lot of public input on it, but I think there is an urgency in doing it here, and we need to have something on the books. We can revisit it later if there's reason to do it. Um, I, I had some questions that I had emailed to Schuyler and Ray about this um, and, and to Mr. Desai as well, and I'm not sure if we answered all of them, so I do want to bring some of that up here. For, 
First of all, um, th this is only as to the right-of-way, of course, not as to any private property. We are limited in the extent to which we can regulate 5G at all because of federal law, so I certainly understand that. These design guidelines, though, say that uh, these apply to new telecommunications equipment not greater than 40 feet in height, which are proposed for county, township, or state of Ohio right-of-ways in Sycamore Township. Um, <coughs> does the law permit taller towers, and does it permit us to regulate them? Because if it does permit them, the way this is worded, it doesn't govern them at all if they're taller than 40 feet. And we would want the guidelines to apply, I would think, to any towers, not just those that are under 40 feet tall, if there's some possibility that higher ones could go in. Does anyone have any further thoughts on that? I thought we had a conversation about that at one point. Um, these microcell sites, they're not they're not taller than 40 feet I don't think are they no I, bel I believe they're and that's by design I believe so uh, that's not to say they can't be uh, but uh, but they may not be a micro site at that point yeah based on based on what I'm I'm being told by uh, representatives from that industry uh, mm -hmm. their, their towers are 40 feet uh, the codes that we have uh, that we have reviewed have consistently shown 40 feet as as that limit utilizing that language um, I this, think it has this certainly an area where we need we need a deeper dive. Sure, I think it though. has something to do with the technology that they don't want it to go that mm -hmm. high. They want right. to keep it low because mm -hmm. they're using I don't know if they're using yeah. ground waves or how, how mm -hmm. it works. Exactly, so um, I'm I'm kind of doing this on the fly and I apologize, but this is a diagram or a, this is an illustration from um, a, a recent OTA presentation on on small cell, and basically what you're looking at is is three kind of separate eras of, of cellular technology. You have the 2G uh, that, that moved into the, the 3G, 4G in, in the center, and then you have 5G. Um, the towers have also uh, reduced in size at, um, you know, during, during this whole phase. So as the towers go down in size, uh, you need more of them for coverage, the number of sites go up. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think it really has to do with how they manage their bandwidth and how many people, um, you know, they, they want fewer people per, um, you know, uh, per site, site, you know, connected at any one time mm -hmm. so that they can better manage that network. Um, so I, I don't think while, you know, they may be able to do a, you know, a 100-foot 5G tower, you know, perhaps that... You know that allows for for more connections than what they're actually looking for. So I, I guess the other thing could we, uh, and this maybe uh, goes to you, uh, Deepak, might we be able to put in a uh, uh, provision where we prohibit any tower exceeds forty feet? Right, and that was one of the questions I emailed you too. Yeah. So um, I took a quick look at this, um, and I will just say that uh, a lot of it's based on what's in the Ohio Revised Code. Um, there, uh, the the forty foot comes from the Ohio Revised Code, so it's kind of a definitional thing, as I understand it. Um, so I, I think what um, Mr. James and uh, Mr. Miller have said makes a lot of sense. Uh, we know that there's a, an urgency. Uh, while we might prefer to vet this fully in advance, it probably makes sense to go ahead and try and get something on the books. And in the meantime, um, I can work with Mr. Miller uh, and Mr. Wark's office to refine anything we need to refine. 
And I, I think that's fine. If if we're able to legally limit the cap, the height and cap it at 40 feet, we should do that. If not, we should not mention 40 feet at all. Frankly, we should apply it to any towers because technology might change over time and they might get taller. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And um, luckily, um, you know, I've got the benefit. We did this for the city of Montgomery a year ago. So I went back and looked at the resolution we did for them and, and that 40 foot piece is in there as well and mm -hmm. tied to the ORC. So. Um, We'll address that, and then also your concern about, um, which is valid, about what about things higher than 40 mm. feet. So we don't want people coming in and building 160-foot towers. Right, and technology has a way of suddenly changing faster than resolutions or the law does. So yeah. if we're broader up front, then we can have those things in place. I, another concern I had that I mentioned in an email to you all, and I don't know if uh, this is something we can incorporate in the plans going forward, but sound emitting equipment is something that we should prohibit if we have the authority to do it. I know we already have sound resolutions anyway, but I think I mentioned to some of you, we had an annoying situation in our neighborhood and probably in others in the township where a company that I think was uh, one called Current years ago was offering uh, power line based internet service to residents. And uh, there were a bunch of boxes placed on the poles that had battery backups in them. And the company stopped offering the service and apparently abandoned the equipment. And if it's not current, I apologize to current, but I think their name was on the box. And the darn thing started beeping after a while when the batteries died. And there was one in our neighborhood that I think beeped for three or four months before I finally called Mr. Kellums, and I think he was able to take care of that one. And then another one started doing it a couple years later, and Duke Energy was able to go knock it off the pole. But I don't think we want legacy equipment put around that is going to be annoying our residents with mysterious beepings out of the ether one day. So maybe we should govern that as well in a future revision of this. Yeah, I'll, uh, I've added that to uh, part of the review process, so we'll <coughs> let you know about that, Mr. James. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and the other thing that, that we added um, that you know, maybe we can also work on is that separability clause. Um, be because this is, uh, you know, new legal territory, new technology, uh, there's a potential for it to be challenged. I'd, I'd hate for the whole thing to get thrown out because of, you know, one issue. Uh, so how can we, how can we layer this document so that that it better protects our interests? If there are no further questions, uh, I have a resolution for the boards. Um, Standish Fortin again, thank you for taking the questions. Uh, this is a significant change uh, for the world, and it does seem dramatic and stark, uh, but through this gate comes this resolution to the residents of Sycamore Township. And there are many places around the world that are not implementing this technology. Has this township vetted this on behalf of its citizens? You three are poised to make a decision that could affect the health of every resident in the township. It, if that's a question, let me chime in on that. We can't prohibit the placement of 5G technology in the township. This does restrict the places it will go and the way it will look to the extent we're legally able to do it but we don't have authority as a township in the state of Ohio to do anything about that. Federal law and FCC regulations govern that. So we don't have that authority. This has nothing to do with the actual placement of 5G. It's how it will look and where it can go and where it can't go so to the extent we're able to do that. nothing that this township and our trustees can do 
to hmm. prevent this from happening? There was actually a law passed by the Ohio State Legislature that went into effect August 1st of last year, severely limiting, as Mr. James has suggested, uh, municipalities and townships' ability to regulate small cell tower. Um, so your concerns are, are noted, um, but unfortunately, the Ohio State Legislature has deemed 5G to be for the benefit of the public interest and has severely restricted local government's ability to regulate it. The policy that we're considering is trying to regulate it within the limited power the legislature has given us. I understand. Uh, this is purely an urgent matter for Wall Street. It has nothing to do with Main Street. Everyone knows when you go in to get an x-ray, you put lead on. No one really understands the implications of what this is going to do to our bodies. My family specifically lives in Sycamore Township because we found a subdivision that does not have high power lines. People do make those conscious decisions because of their education based upon science. I also want to point out that this will probably be prohibited from being attached to any fire station. Do you all know that? Why is that? I would think because the township, the, as the owner of the fire station, could prohibit it anyway. Do you, do you have any <coughs> background on this? Not at all. In the past, townships, municipalities have attached 4G, 2G technology to the fire stations because of the health consequences to the firefighters documented for years in lawsuits the international association of fire firefighters prohibits the attachment of the lower technology to their buildings scientifically documented passed throughout the country by the iaff these are facts are we just to be casualties for earnings of a wall street or a few wall street companies for our convenience we already use too much technology as it is Everybody can probably and hopefully agree to that. I just want to make sure that there's an actual discourse in our community on this topic before it's rammed down our throats. And I hate using those expressions and bringing this up, but we do not understand the consequences of this. I'm going to try and lighten up the, the tone a little. Who remembers Olestra? It was going to be great, right? It's going to save everybody their cholesterol and their fat intake. Well, scientifically, it didn't work out. There are other examples. Agent Orange. Sounded great, worked for a little bit. Oops, sorry, there's a consequence to it. We don't fully understand the technology based upon my research, especially with what the firefighters have gone through throughout this country, and that's on a lower scale. There needs to be a discussion on this. And I've heard people are looking for Sycamore Township to lead on this. County doesn't have anything right now. Why can't we simply have <coughs> And we've got a lot of institutions in Sycamore Township that have knowledge on this, a discussion. Maybe there's somebody that can allay my concerns, but I would hope that our township can facilitate that, especially when I hear a picket fence approach. Um, if that happens and there are casualties uh, based upon this 5G, it could affect Sycamore Township a long time. So I just want to be very cautious about this. Thank you. Mr. Fortin. Um, 
so if you, you've attended a lot of our meetings so you know that not just this board but previous boards have all we've done whatever we could to possibly fight the the expansion of this 5g um but i've never heard of a public meeting well, we've done it right here in this room and you've sat there but on 5g specifically uh, on on cell towers specifically because they're all emitting I've never seen an invite for a meeting specifically. No, 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 no. We've we've discussed it in our workshops and our and in our meetings. Don't we've taken we've taken an opposition to them multiple times. The the Ohio legislature has decided that they're not going to give us the power to do that anymore. I'm a hundred percent with you. I think the five G technology is 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 well ahead of what we know is going to be the casualties or the consequences of it. Um, I think. Unfortunately, we don't have control over it. We don't have the ability. I, I understand. We don't I have the, that ability, and so. Uh, but I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think <coughs> that the 5G thing to me is is um, the the we don't know what the consequences will be from 5G, but we continue to move forward on it, uh, and everybody gets a, everybody gets a green pass. They get to go. I want to just give the citizens the opportunity to have a venue. If the Civic Association has to do that, we will. I just want there to be a pause to possibly give the residents the opportunity. I'm sure 99% do not know, as you put, Deepak, and I do remember that there was a bill passed, but I don't remember the specifics of it. I, I'm sure that they don't understand that it restricts what this entity can do. I just want to have a discourse publicly, and I would appreciate the township because this is, I mean, there are entire cities around the world that have put a ban on this stuff. And I just hope that our entire township would take a pause to organize a meeting to bring the great minds of Sycamore Township together uh, to have a discussion. That's all I'm asking. Well, yeah, I think, I think we can uh, accommodate you. you. If you have the Civic Association and you want to discuss this, we can we can promote it in a meeting that you're going to do that. You could even meet here. You know. I don't think this venue will be big enough. Hmm. No, no, you can promote it. You know, we'll right. promote yeah. it for so no, that you I get get something started. Especially in the newsletter, I don't know if anything's been put in there about this uh, that's coming down. Um, I don't think I don't. I'm not sure that there has. Beth. So okay. I mean, the thing to keep in mind, though, is if. If we don't adopt these design standards right now, it's a free-for-all, and these towers could be littered everywhere in the right-of-way. With these, it's at least compartmentalized and moved away from certain things. So it is a start in doing that. So it's, it's going from the wild, wild west to some order here already within the constraints of our authority. We can certainly refine these even better going along, but I, I think it is important to get something in place now, now that Verizon has said they are moving ahead rapidly in Cincinnati to start deploying. So we want to get ahead of them doing that anywhere so they don't end up littering your street or others without at least something moving them away. And the county engineer stated that they were not, it's their, that's where it's submitted, correct? The request is submitted to the county engineer's office. Um, is there anything that would be submitted to Sycamore Township? Prior to uh, them, if it's going to be on a local road, it yeah. be. yes. But if it's on a county road, if it's on a county road, the county is submitted to the county, but the county is telling them that they have to also uh, apply to the township. They Those have townships to. are going to have th different uh, regulations. Are they, Deepak? Are they legally permitted? to require that i don't know and i was actually just going to make a note to look into um that nuance so i'll have to get back i don't know because there again this this is main street this isn't wall street i could care less about the profits of a few companies 
and the bonuses of some executives. This is a, th these could be around for who knows how long. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I, really if you. I would be willing to do some research. If it's something that involved fire departments, firefighters in the past, I'm sure there's documents out there, there's literature out there. I can do some research on it and see what I can find to see if, if there's anything that would have it. Yeah. Mr. Early, Al Early. Al Early, 8120 Glen Mill Court. To Mr. Weaveman's point, I do remember discussions in executive, not executive sessions, I didn't lose there, in workshop. workshops about the 5G. There was cosmetic concerns, but there was That was, a, that was one of the big discussions was the cosmetic. I do, I do recall that. Yeah. And I guess the way I look at this, listening to what Standish just said, um, not so much for myself, but, but for my grandkids I'm thinking about, whatever. You know, I think his point is well taken. There's been a lot of things that have been, this is the greatest thing since sliced cheese or sliced bread or whatever you slice. Um, my, my concern though is, is, that, is that we we do learn, as Chief has said, you know, do some research before we allow it. I heard what, what Mr. James said also about, but you know, we can maneuver here a little bit, but it's inevitable maybe that it's coming. I guess it's basketball season, so what do you do? You foul at the end of the game. You try to delay until <laughs> you have a chance to, you know, maybe make a, a, a decision that is the wisest for the township. So, you know, I think, every, I think everybody's kind of on the same page here, you know. But I think the other thing I heard was that, you know, what I guess what Stanley said is from Wall Street and Main Street or whatever street, Glen Mill Court, um, is that, um, you know, we, we may not have the control that we sometimes as residents think that we do. So, my two cents worth. I, I mainly wanted to say though I did hear this, and this has been an ongoing mm -hmm. concern. So, thank you. Yeah, we did have a we did have a number of discussions, and, and, I, and I think uh, I can remember one in particular where we saw a different, a whole different variety of uh, of these uh, these poles. Yeah, we did. And I think and, and I think we were talking about how we can make them blend into Sycamore Township. I think we used uh, the one by Costco yeah. was one, and um, uh, we actually have a. We actually have FBI. a poll that um, FBI uh, that the county approved that is not a 5G pole, and it is at the intersection of Kemper and Snyder Road on the um, southwest corner. And um, when the county approved that, that's when we went back to the county. And, and again, I think we discussed this in workshop meetings. Um, and... Uh, push back on them saying you just can't do that you they got to come to the township and I think that's what's helped adopt uh, a policy to come back to the townships as well but um, the 5g is a whole new world and and frankly I've read so many things about 5g that are not attractive at all to to the health and well-being of of the res of our residents and uh, of people in general and um, but I think that uh, uh, for the most part these these cell phone companies have bamboozled state legislators and um, they're giving them a free pass unfortunately yeah. I mean, one of the problems I believe if, if I'm not mistaken is they've been declared a public utility yes so we can't keep them out of the right away anymore than we can keep since I bow for Duke Energy out of the right away so I'm, I'm hoping that at least with you know uh, some kind of policy uh, you know, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be multiple versions of this as we as we move forward. You know, we're we're trying to move away from this, and 
and, and move to something that's at, at least a little more aesthetic and yeah. more properly placed. You know, if we have the ability to, to regulate for health concerns in the future, that's certainly something we can incorporate. Um, and the other thing I should note, and while it is you know a small group, um, the the need for this policy uh, was actually discussed at the the last land use uh, group meeting, um, and we're going to be taking a look at. Um, the policy as it's uh, uh, potentially adopted today uh, and, and potential changes there as well. So I'll be accepting um, some input from that group to, to bring back uh, in the future. Let me, can I just say one more thing? I, I agree with Mr. Early. I, I think we need to follow them every chance we get. Uh, stop the clock, keep it going uh, in our opposition to it. And I, I don't know, I would yield to you, Deepak, as to how we might be able to do that. But I, I I'm totally on board with that, but that we try to figure well, out any any way possible of, uh, if not stopping this completely, at least slowing right. it down. What's the application process? You talked about that. If Verizon comes in or any of them and they present an application, don't we have some work to do? If, if Verizon comes in today and says, hey, this is our plan, uh, this, this is where we're going to uh, this is where we're going to install our, our, our small sites. Uh, we're going to approve that as is, no review, no comments. No, no, it don't, don't, it, without a document. We understand that. Right. But I'm just getting back to the process. So mm -hmm. they don't just show up and start putting these in. They have to Correct. give us an application. The, my question is, something has to happen with that application. Do you bring it before the board? Does it go through? I guess it doesn't go through zoning because it's a right away. Right. Currently, it's administrative. So we would we would review it like a like a uh, a right away permit that we do now. In what uh, forum? The the maintenance department, uh, the uh, the the plan reviewer that we have on on staff would review this and check it against check against our adopted policies. Well, then that wouldn't be in front of a public body then the way it's set now. Well, we can request to have it brought before this body, right, to explain the work that you're doing? I don't know if we can subject it to a public hearing or not. That's something that we could establish. In, in well, I'm talking as a matter of a work it, rule. Informative. Yeah, informative. Mm -hmm. yeah. And certainly uh, the, the Board of Trustees has the right to be informed about what's mm -hmm. coming before the township. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, w in the case of what he's asking for t today, I think we should proceed with, I think it's part of the battle, Standish, because if we don't have this, they're not gonna, the, the outcome is, is gonna be immediately disastrous. So they'll do whatever they want. So even though this thing may have to evolve and be edited over time and challenged and all that, at least there's something that has to be challenged. In absence of it, there's nothing to be challenged. This is very much the beginning. Now, this, is, this is a start. Skyler, so when they make application, do, is there a certain period of time of we ha which we have to, to uh, approve their application? Uh, right away, applications are, are more uh, Mr. Kellum's uh, area of expertise. We do not have a time. There, there is a time limit in the Ohio Revised Code. I believe it's 60 days. 60 days? Is this in 60 days. Are some of these already in place in the area? I thought someone mentioned there are some on Fields Hurdle Road already or in the works. I don't know if that's in our jurisdiction or one of the other. It's in the township. 
and Sims. Okay. If there's no further discussion, I have a resolution for the board's consideration. A resolution approving a policy addressing small microcell sites in public rights of way in Sycamore Township and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Motion. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. All right, we now have um, some uh, nuisance violations. Mr. Miller, did you want to um, explain those to the board? Uh, yes, I actually, let's see here. <laughs> Uh, these are, uh, I'll, I'll just talk about them uh, in, in general terms. Uh, these are properties that we've received complaints on. Uh, zoning inspector, Mr. Clark, has reviewed these sites. Uh, we've made numerous attempts to, uh, to both notify and then work with the, uh, um, the, the residents of these properties. Um, unfortunately, uh, we're, we're at the point where um, there's there's voluntary compliance is it's not going to happen uh, so we're, we're escalating uh, our response uh, so with these we will declare the property a nuisance um, and we will uh, entertain bids uh, from a private company to to go out and make uh, um, the, to do abatement so. Uh, I believe three of these are uh, removal of vegetation, uh, trash and debris and the like, and then we have one junk vehicle as well. Uh, you should have photos in, um, uh, photos of in your packet. Do you have any questions about those? Can you put the photos up? These are black and white in the packet and they're kind of hard to make out. Uh, yes, sir, I can. I actually took them out of this. I didn't want to highlight people's properties in public but I can I can do that if you would please thank you one second and I recognize that concern but if they are part of the resolution in some way then they should be made public <coughs> And we do it every workshop meeting and every uh, regular Thursday night meeting. We do have the packet that we have up here is on the uh, table as you entered the room. There was two two of those there, so that you can you can check it out when you come in. Yes, they were. Thank you. 
And thank you for doing that. I just didn't print them and bring them with me. That's it, I think. That was it. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Let's see. I might be able to rotate that. There we go. Let me ask because this this is the first of these I've been exposed to here mm -hmm. as a trustee now. So the, the process with this resolution is that if we adopt this resolution, the owners are, are notified of this and given seven days to abate. Is there any fine of any kind if they abate within the seven days? No, sir. All right. If they do not abate and we proceed to take action, they will be billed for it, of course, and uh, property will be leaned if necessary. Yes, as sir. To that. All right. Uh, if they disagree with our decision, is there any appeal right as to this for the resident? Uh, once it once it goes to uh, to resolution, we do a, an abatement. I, they could take it to common pleas. Okay. Uh, but um, they've had opportunity to appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the the zoning inspector and I have made a determination uh, that there's violations on the property. Mm -hmm. uh, at any time, uh, they could have either tried to work with us mm -hmm. uh, to to or, or we will give them extra time. Um, they could also make a formal appeal to the, to the Board of Zoning Appeals uh, if they felt our determination was in error. All right. And there's been no appeal, no feedback from no, this particular resident. Okay. All right. Thank you. Not, not with any of these. Okay. I have a resolution for the Board's consideration providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 8100. Camner Avenue, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45236. Motion. Second. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. A resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 12121 3rd Avenue, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45249. Motion. Second. And a question, just in the lower left quadrant there in the photo then, is that a bunch of trash strewn in front of the garage or barn? Yes, sir, that's, yeah. that's refuse. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have another resolution for the board's consideration. It's a resolution providing for the removal of a junk vehicle in Sycamore Township, Hampton County, and the proper disposal, storage, or impoundment of a motor vehicle by implementing the procedures set forth in Sycamore Township Resolution Number 2012-14 
and sections 505.173, 505.85, and 505.871 of the Ohio Revised Code. Motion. Second. Uh, is that is that so we know that's not operational? Uh, it is not. You can see the, the, the tires are flat. Uh, I don't believe it's properly licensed. Um, I believe actually the way it's sitting, it's actually at least in part on public right away. Okay. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. I have a resolution for the board's consideration. It's a resolution providing for and authorizing removal of vegetation, garbage, refuse, and other debris and declaring a nuisance for the property located at 11962 4th Avenue, Sycamore Township, Ohio, 45249. Motion. Second. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. All right, uh, the only other thing I have uh, is uh, we have a vacancy on our uh, Board of Zoning Appeals. Uh, our alternate member uh, has uh, formally resigned uh, from, uh, from her position. Um, what I would like to do, and actually what, what we've already uh, planned for, is to, uh, to advertise the position in the uh, upcoming newsletter uh, as an alternate uh, I'm not too worried about uh, you know uh, maintaining quorum uh, during the vacancy. I'd like to uh, make the position um, uh, and, and the um, uh, give the community an opportunity to, uh, uh, to send letters of interest on this and uh, you know, make it as widespread as possible. So um, I'm happy to give a little bit of time to to make sure that it's you know properly disseminated through the newsletter and on our website. Good. good. That's good. Do we need a motion for that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. It just who resigned? Glassmeyer. Uh, yes, Julie. Julie. Uh, okay, Glassmeyer. thank you. Thank you. No, all right. <coughs> thank you. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, that's fine. I it, it was uh, escaping me at the moment. So yes, Julie Glassmeyer. Thank you, Skyler. Mm -hmm. So our physical officer uh, is absent. Uh, trustee items. Uh, I don't have any uh, at this time. Mr. James? Uh, a few questions. First, we, we did have on the agenda <coughs> pay bills and read receipts. Is there anything we need to attend to, even without the fiscal no. officer here? No, that was an error. I should have taken that off the agenda. Okay, thank and, you. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the automatic stamping of the uh, check signatures is, uh, is working. Oh. And so uh, when, you, when uh, Mr. Porter's here Thursday and we approve everything, he just has to sign the register and you gentlemen don't have to sit in there and sign all the checks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Let, let, let me ask also, if I may, where is Mr. Porter? Why, why is he at? He was in a court hearing this morning. Ah, okay. Very good. All right. Um, Hopefully representing somebody as opposed to being <laughs> I believe yes. he was being yeah. paid to be there. I as think, an I advocate. Think we should have actually noted that in the front side as well. Yeah. That okay. he is, uh, he's absent because of a court hearing. Yeah. Sure. An advocate, not a party. Right. That's always the best way to be there. Uh, let me see if I had any other notes here. Um, I think that's it. So, thank you. I just have one item. Did we get the um, 
markings for the uh, Township vehicles. Kevin Clark, his vehicle, and I think he wanted the light set up in the back for his yes. vehicle. How we come along with that, and also Tracy's vehicle. Yeah, uh, we're waiting for a price. Our mechanic has already contacted them. Uh, also on both the lights and the letter, so it is in process. Okay, good. Thank you. Actually, there was one thing I meant to mention, if I could. I wanted to thank Mr. Kellams for uh, getting his department to get the lights fixed up at the Schuler building. I meant to tell you that when I was walking up to see you in an event there last week and someone interrupted me to hand me something and I got distracted. So thank you for getting that working. We just have announcement changes. They're on the, uh, the uh, agenda sheet. Time change for the CIC meeting Thursday, March the 5th. Uh, this Thursday, that's at 6 o'clock here at the building. Tax Incentive Review Council meeting will be Thursday at 6.45. Special Board of Zoning Appeals meeting Monday, March 9th, uh, 4.30, right here in the Township Building. Canceled the Zoning Commission meeting for Monday the 9th. Uh, canceled the Board of Zoning Appeals meeting Monday the 16th. And uh, for scheduled meetings without changes, see the published calendar that is... Motion to adjourn. Well, wait, this Thursday we also have the JEDS meetings at uh, yes. 4, 4.15, yes. 4.30, and 4.45. No okay. change. Thank no you. Change. Just noting that for the public here. Thank you. Motion to adjourn. Second. Okay, mark the time at 10.35. Our township meeting in Sycamore is adjourned.